Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, February 1, 2023. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, check it out. We had Kabuki Theater. We had FOMC interest rate announcement. We had Jerry Powell's press conference. We have a market that is flirting with the former highs up at 410.50. As we speak, they closed above it on the daily chart, but they're still settling out and they're trading around it. But either way, whether they close above or below it, they're at that number, they spike that number, and they're doing the thing where the bullish thing takes over because they're headed to a destination. The trend is your friend until she throws your shit out the window. We've been discussing this trend line. They got above the trend line. The tape is bullish. They're above the 50 period moving average. We said that if that happens, then they get above these former highs over here. The next target in large part, and this is a weekly chart, from a weekly perspective will become 420. Remember last week, one of the titles to the video was blow off top coming. It was coupled with Kabuki Theater. You're in an uptrend. They're trying to suck in all the bears to the bull side that they can. We're in a bad news is good news, good news is good news type of situation. And I want to speak a little bit just briefly about the concept of what happened today from a market perspective, an interest rate perspective, a future look perspective. So Powell discusses that they're really not done until they get to their target rate, which they're not at yet. So therefore, we can expect more interest rate increases. At least that's one of the interpretations. I didn't watch the speech. I'm kind of getting some ad lib stuff. Correct me if I'm wrong, and I don't think I am on this one. I don't think he signaled that they're going to slow down the process yet. He probably gave the old, we're data dependent situation type of thing. They always say that. Yet, the market goes up, bond prices go up, we're long TLT, by the way, for this reason. So interest rates are the opposite of bond prices, the opposite of TLT. So interest rates are going down while he's saying interest rates are going up. So basically, the interpretation of that, at least my interpretation of that, can only be that the market is signaling that regardless of what he's saying, there's a slowing and or rate decrease in the future. Why would that happen? That would happen in a situation where the Fed is forced to, in concept, re-stimulate things because maybe employment became a bigger issue than they suspect, right? They're never wrong. Maybe earnings aren't as good as they expect. Maybe the market comes down and therefore the economy in concept follows suit. The sentiment turns if the market goes down. Everybody thinks the economy is the market. They start talking about a recession again. A recession means the Fed's going to have to step in and save the day, of course. So all these things are a what's called in the trading parlance a machination of stuff going on. Here's our near-term or newer secondary benchmark, if you will. Last night, we talked about 
if she got below the trend line, that's going to change things back to the bear side. Staying above the trend line, she's on the bull side. Now, the next thing is we're going to use these former highs over here for 1050. There's another pivot over here at 411 and change. We're going to use that stuff as the near-term benchmark. If they can stay above this stuff, it's more bullish. If they can't get above that stuff, then there may be someone of a range while they eat some time off the clock until above. And if they come back down, our attention then again turns to the downsloping trend line we've talked about on the weekly chart. Put that stuff in your sticky note book. Any money made today inside the numbers, including inside the numbers live room, and by the way, just a 10-second intermission, I'm moderating the room. It's one of those trade-along-with-David situations. Let's see what happened today. It's hump day. We have the whole FOMC deal. We don't have to repeat that stuff. Let's get to the numbers. You can read this on your own. You know, the pause the video routine. So the higher stuff, and this was really for the morning stuff, if you're going to short the tape, if you want to buy the tape, we're not doing that stuff in front of the Fed announcement. That's more of a spectator sport. However, 407, give or take, was overhead resistance this morning, and then the high from Friday at 408.16. Then, of course, we discussed the 410.50. We know about that number. And then there's a bit of a vacuum situation on the way up to 415. Now, they didn't get to 415, but they came pretty close. I think they got maybe plus or minus a buck and a half short. A few numbers to pay attention to, such as 411.20, that's what I mentioned before, and 412.75. 411.20 and 412.75. We're just saying. What about the flip side? And in a normal retracement fashion, 404.30 to 403.75 is the first place she might find support. That's a zone. Put it on a sticky note. This is a patience business. This was posted somewhere in the neighborhood of zero dark 30. Here's a five-minute chart. Right at the vertical is today's activity. We're focused on this section in the middle to left portion of the screen. This was today's activity. They came into the number, spiked it a little bit, never got to the bottom end of the zone on the first push down, and bounced away. So if you think about it, let's say you got in at 404.30 or slightly lower, and the high here was 405.54. So it's at least an 8, 9, 10, 12 point S&P ES type trade in a slow motion market waiting on the Fed. Let's see what happened as the day started to unfold. Nine o'clock. Is there a setup this morning? So I'm giving you a half an hour's notice, once again, even though I told it to you at zero dark 30, if they dropped the 404.30 to 403.75 zone, it would create an opportunity for a bounce back in the other direction. They start as a scalp with potential. For now, we'll use 406.50 as a short-term pivot. They never got to the pivot in the morning session. The high was 406.43. The actual pivot was a few pennies lower, but still never got there. Wait, there's more. Remember, pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart. Here's further information from inside my head at 921. We're starting with the assumption they're not going to get too far before the Fed, along with the awareness that they can. So you just need to be aware that anything goes 
but under normal 80-20 rule type situations, they're not getting too far before the Fed. Still a buyer on a dip. We're in a buy the dip type of environment. So you might as well take advantage of it each and every day until that particular thing changes. So here's the zone again. I reiterate it. And by the same token, if they flipped around and ran up to this zone, I'd be a seller for a short opportunity. Now in the live room, we had some short opportunity takers at around 406 to 406.50, but I did say in the room that I was interested at 407, but that's still an aggressive trader's choice type of situation. And by the way, they were paid accordingly. Let's see what else we have. 940, 406 is overhead resistance. They got to a slow start, so they were bouncing around. I'm still a buyer if they drop them. Then we had a nice trade real quick. We'll get back to that later. So 406 becomes a target while they're above 405.25. So you have a couple of traders that ride it up to that place. If they're above 406, it's 406.50. So we're just giving you the schematic as the market's unfolding, as the storyline is written. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. Still a buyer down around 404.30 to 403.75, just in caser. You always have to know the just in casers. If they trade through support, here's your backup number and your other stuff like a problem would ensue if they got below that, 402.50. By the way, side note, low of day on the Kabuki feeder stuff, 402.35. See, that was a spot of interest. It's one of those places where the tape could have turned into no longer a short-term uptrend. So that was one of those gateway situations. Again, you can't, if you're treating it as a business, buy that in the afternoon during Kabuki Theater. It's not a business type of venture, but that was the spot. Continuing along, give a big picture at 1014. They ran a test in the neighborhood of yesterday's high and are pulling back after the first attempt. That's it. Now they were in the middle of yesterday's large hourly breakup candle. Nothing more, nothing less. 1017, still a buy area for a bounce back. Quiet, waiting on the Fed. Now they're coming back down. They start with a scalp and morph from there. The zone should still produce a bounce back in the other direction. Now this is already almost an hour and a half into the day. I'm waiting on this zone from 6 a.m. And here we go, showtime at 10.52, and there you have it. The rest is history. Read the notes, go back to the chart to double-check the work. Here's your five-minute chart again. There's your trade. You're buying right there. You're selling with an 8, 10, 12-point S&P handle return, and the targets were also given in the notes. See here in the 11.11 post, they should get to 404.85 to spike 405, and they did. Then we wrapped up the morning session, and then I gave kind of a last look in terms of the numbers on which way they went after the Fed announcement type situation. Here you got 402, and then if below, this is the zone, and then below 399, then it really could get ugly. 410.50 begins the vacuum up to 415, and then you had those other numbers on the board earlier. Pretty good day from an early morning, quiet S&P trading environment. What about the something for everybody stuff? So we had four stocks on the move today. Juniper and WDC hit their entry objectives. EA and Match.com did not, so they're off the board. Juniper was a fan favorite a long time ago, 
traded it a few times in between, but used to trade this a lot way back in the day. Getting a haircut at the open, 29.78 was the number. They did the Macarena in front, so they scared away some traders who were worried about, like me, the manner in which. However, you can see what happened. They came into the number, and they took off, and they gave the base hit plus a stand-up double and then some. WDC also had some takers and stocks on the move, both in the live room and from inside the numbers. You can see what happened with this one. It was a nice, smooth, quick one. 41.31, they came down in a hurry. They bounced right away, gave the deal. We had some nice profits in the live room. And by the way, just to reiterate, I traded the spiders or the ES in my case right along with the live room today. We had what's called some fun with it. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Continuing the uptrend, they're getting a little bit far away from home base. Home base is the 20-period moving average. Markets don't love to get too far from home base. They get a little far, and then they tend to come back, pay a visit at home. They get homesick. I think we talked about 195 in the IWM. High today was 196.19. If they continue going, it's 198.50, 199 and then up to this 100-period moving average. They're not going to go there in a straight line. There will be pullbacks. However, it's in an uptrend, and the trend is who? That's right, is your friend. Another big-time update for the canary in the coal mine, the folks down at the transportation department. Where are they? Right here, testing these highs. Can they get above or then not get above? If they get above, there's another leg higher. If they can't get above, they'll pull back toward the last breakout area. Where's that? Well, what did they just do? They just broke out over here, and you can make a case that if you want to use that last high here, that would be the pullback area if they can't get through this high. That's just the way it works. The Q people breaking above that 200-period moving average where they spent a few days eating time off the clock. No magic. You know those places that get you into the no-man's-land place? to go fill the gap, well, that's where they are today. No shocker, that's where overhead resistance was found. If they get above this place, they go fill the gap up here, 310, 311, in that neighborhood. Then they're challenging this pivot high, and then there's another leg higher if they can get above that. Not saying all that happens tomorrow. I'm just saying this is the way it works. We're learning stuff. If there's nothing wrong with the financials, the market's not going to fall apart. They were in an uptrend. That's what we've been saying all along. They were not a participant. However, they're interest rate sensitive, and we know interest rates were going down today as a result of the Kabuki Theater situation. And if interest rates are going down, that puts downward margin pressure in the banking sector, and therefore, they're not really a participant in the equity side of the rally today. Smash mouth, break into the upside after eating time off the clock. No shocker, 250, big fat round number, pullback, garden variety stuff. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense market analysis.